Okay, good morning. It's uh, great to be with you this morning. Um, and uh, so we will be on the landing of uh, Song of Ascent. You know, this is the last uh, preach in, in that series. So I'll be preaching or sharing from Psalm 134 and 35. So because this is the landing, celebrating one, uh, uh, so Tom is going to, oh, we are going to sing together 134. And 35, rather than reading all the scripture, we will uh, mainly focus on some of the verses, what God wants to communicate to us this morning. So, we, we, we just experienced the glimpse of how, uh, when people were traveling uh, to Jerusalem, you know, the, to, for the worship, uh, they sang whole way through, you know, not just uh, talking or just like we read in English, uh, praise the Lord, all your servants of the Lord. No, they were singing and celebrating. These are, these are songs. I was just going through some of the um, um, songs in, in, in Aramic, in Hebrew, in Greek, you know, so it's marvelous. If you go to the YouTube, just search, you know, 134, the song of Asans, you know, just brilliant, you know, the way they are singing together and uh, praising together. We, I thought we didn't get the opportunity to sing together, at least the last one, you know, so let's uh, to sing and c- celebrate. One of the main things, uh, in that we well, praise the Lord, you know, so the, the, there is an encouragement from the writer, praise the Lord, and especially he's talking to all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. It might be talking about some of the people, they are all already in the temple, they are doing uh, some sort of uh, uh, rituals or worship, helping the whole temple to worship the people coming when they're coming to the temple, but they know that they're there to worship the Lord, but there is a reminder, guys, let praise the Lord. There is a reason to praise the Lord. So this morning, uh, if, you, if you, the children got their printouts, you know, so just, I was thinking Pete Milan did a brilliant job. So he literally copied my preaching to that uh, worksheet. So if you follow that one, uh, you can, that will be really helpful for children to follow that one. The reason why do we praise the Lord. Before that, uh, this morning I was praying uh, with Joel uh, in terms of for this morning congregation, you know, so then, uh, uh, so one of the things that he shared was, uh, um, uh, so he knows that I'm going to preach in 134 and 135, uh, so he said, Daddy, um, I think we should pray for the homelessness, you know, I don't know where he got this idea from, um, then I, th- I thought it's, it's not just about people that's wandering uh, on the streets, uh, this song is actually people coming and worshiping in the temple. Um, and sometimes people, even though they are inside the temple, they are part of, they are in the presence of God. Um, they feel, they can feel lonely or abandoned or they are not part of that. Especially this morning, we were hearing um, uh, in terms of the identity thing, uh, of being part of uh, the family kind of things, you know. So uh, uh, the, I feel like uh, you're coming to the church, it might be your first time, and if you're struggling, I don't feel the presence of God. I don't feel I'm part of a family. I know that I'm a Christian, I know Jesus, but if you're struggling with that, um, here, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord um, who minister by night and the house of the Lord. Yes, I can understand that I am here to worship God, but... Um, I, I feel distant. I don't. I can't feel connected to the presence of God. I feel um, this morning, uh, God wants to set you free to to bring that breakthrough into your heart and minds. 
Why do we need to praise God? So I'll go through some of the uh, scriptures, then we will, uh, we will move forward. I'll jump into 135. Praise the Lord. Uh, pr- uh, praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, you servants of the Lord, who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Shall we say that together? Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for that is pleasant. The second part together. Sing praises to his name, for that is pleasant. Marvelous word. We heard this many, many times. Praise the Lord. In, in Hebrew, it's actually, it's a, instead of praise the Lord, they use hallelujah. So it, that's the way it's a hallelujah, for the Lord is good. And whenever there is praise the Lord, it's actually the, the, the original word is a, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Sing praise to his name because that is good. So I'll go through some of the bits uh, from the scripture why we need to praise God. You know, is it something compulsory? Is it, is it something uh, saying you should praise the Lord or you must praise the Lord? Or if you don't praise the Lord, something wrong will happen? Or if it's better to praise the Lord because, uh, uh, you know, things can go wrong? Or is it, what's the reason we are praising God? Uh, or is it some, uh, so we will go through that one. In uh, 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 C.S. Lewis uh, put it in this way, the most valuable thing the Psalms do to me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. So that's the thing C.S. Lewis said. When I'm reading the scripture, Psalms, so what, what kind of impact that doing to my heart that makes me to dance in the presence of the Lord like David. You know how David danced. It was quite mad. Absolutely not thinking about his wife or his congregation. He was a king. But he knew that God placed him there. He was not ashamed to express his love in front of the congregation. He was not worried about his uh, wearings or how people think. Because he knew that God is good. God forgave his sins. God placed him as a king. The reason he was a king was absolutely by God's grace and mercy. When he was remembering about all his goodness, he just started praising God. Just praising God and uh, thanking God. The second is a sing praise to him for that is pleasant. That is good. Is That's a good thing to do in the in, in, in praising God. That's a good thing to do. 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 23 to 31. Let's uh, read that one. Why do we praise God? Why are we praising God? Some scriptures are, sing to the Lord, all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. It's talking about God. Declare his whole glory among the nations, his marvelous needs among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him. All the earth, the world is firmly established. 
It cannot be moved. Let heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, let the Lord reign. It's not just randomly we are praising a random deity somewhere existing there. Bible is very clear that he created everything. He created everything. He created us. Fearfully, wonderfully created us. He's the one sustaining everything. Whether we understand or not, God is real. His mercy is real. His kindness is real. His uh, everlasting love is real. One of the best demonstration of his love, his, his, his son coming down and dying instead of us for our sins, you know, Jesus did everything. So even though we may not understand all the aspects in Chronicles saying, praise the Lord, it is good to praise the Lord because he is worthy to be praised and adored. There are hundreds of scriptures I can read, but I will be finishing uh, uh, maybe two o'clock or three o'clock. So I don't want to go for that one. Uh, uh, so the second going, it's pleasing and it's a pleasure to praise the God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to, 1 to 2, Paul is urging the brothers, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He's actually, he's, he's talking about the temple worship. He's just using the analogy or using the example, you know. So offering your bodies as, as a sacrifice. You know, it doesn't mean that you're just uh, burning your body. It's actually your whole body, soul and spirit. You know, Jesus said, when you worship God, two things are very important. I love you, God, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Jesus from his heart, the author of the life. He's saying, what do you need to do? Two commandments, all the scriptures, everything put together, cream it, and you put together as natural, you know, you can get two commandments. One is a praise God, you know, just worship the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and, uh, and uh, you know, just love your neighbor, you know, two things coming together. Here, Paul is encouraging, guys, you know, you are Jewish guys, he was talking to the Jewish people there, he was talking, you know, about temple, you know, about sacrifice, what does that actually mean? It's not about the fragrance, it's not about the smoke coming from here and there, actually you, yourself giving your heart and mind and your tongues and your eyes and your bodies and your instruments and your words, everything you're placing in front of God as a living sacrifice because knowing that I'm here because of God's grace alone. So that's why, therefore, I urge you, turn to your friend and say, I urge you, brothers and sisters, turn to your friend and say, please, I urge you. You can be a bit Paul, Paul-y type, you know, today, this morning. Yeah, I know that's... In English culture, we say, would you please consider worshipping God? No, Paul said, I urge you guys, come on, just worship God. There is no much politeness in this worship. Let's praise God because he's God. When the king comes, when the queen comes, people, would you please stand up and... No. Let's rise. When the judge comes, let's... No one asks, would you please consider standing up and inviting? No. When the authority figure comes, people, they know how to respond. So here, he are not trying to, he has, he's, he's not like a judge. He's not like a human king. He's different. He's compassionate. He's loving. He's our father. There is a love aspect there. At the t- same time, there is a fear aspect coming from out of love. That's why we are praising God. 
because he broke the chains. He sets us free now. So therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is called worship. Worship just not just playing instruments or just looking at some songs and singing. No, the true worship is, is a combination of everything. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So here says, that is pleasant to praise the Lord. In Romans chapter 12, uh, Paul is encouraging it's good, you know. So she said, then you will be able to test and approve what is what God's will is. Is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's go to the next one, verse four. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be His own, Israel to be His treasured possession. He's moving to use some of the names. He's talking about Jacob and Israel. It's actually, they are both guys, it's one, you know, just Jacob, you will be called to Israel. There's a element, as a, as a country, you can see that one. As a person, you can take that one. Let, let's, let's stick with, you know, one time, they were alienated, completely away from God. They didn't know God, but God chose Abraham. God selected uh, uh, Isaac. God, uh, you know, what he chose, he chose uh, is, uh, 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 Jacob. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own. He didn't say that. Look at me. Select me. No, he didn't say that one. He can't do that one. But the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own. Israel to be his treasured possession. What does that mean? We are accepted by his grace and mercy alone. Jacob, you got that privilege because God picked you from there. Abraham. You are father of the nations because God rescued you from the idol worship place and God gave you the ability to live a life following God. One day you didn't find God. While you were praying, bang! There is a God. No. God is the one spoke to him. God is the one rescued him. God is the one ran after him. God is the one, you know, just help him to, to follow the path, you know, just like, a, yes, by faith. Even when you say by faith, the faith actually was the grace of God, you know, enabled him to follow God. So he's like, is here in, in verse 4, the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own, Israel to be his treasured possession. So why do we to praise God? It's a privilege, it's a grace, it's a mercy alone. That's the reason why we are praising God. The reason you are here this morning is absolutely God's grace. Not because you were born in a Christian family. It's not because because you understood the Christianity. It's not because you know that the God exists. Yes, there are there is an element there, but absolutely here because God's grace alone. There are millions of people standing outside without the knowledge of God. The reason you are here, because God opened your eyes to see his glory and his majesty and his praise. So thank God for that. So that's the reason why, as a congregation, neither in this morning, we are praising God. Can I say a praise the Lord? Hallelujah. There are lots of reasons we can praise God. But when coming to the New Testament, the things are a bit more 
dynamic, amazing. Because the work of the Holy Spirit will liberate us to praise God in multi-dimensional way. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was on the basis of rules and regulations. And you should do this one. This month you should do this one. This is the way you should do this one. This is the way you should cut the thing, pigeon. You should do this one. You should, this is the fruit offering. This is the harvest offering. This is the burnt offering. This is the fragrance offering. This is, this, there are 600 plus rules and regulation. And people were most of the time scared to go wrong. But in the New Testament, in John chapter 4, verse 24, you know, when the, the, the woman came to Jesus and spoke, about the worship and everything you know about that the Samaritan woman and there was an aspect there then John chapter 4 24 Jesus saying there's a time coming people will be worshiping the heavenly God in truth and in spirit things are going to change you don't need to be scared Sometimes people know that I'm supposed to worship God. I really love the Trinitarian aspect in the, when it's coming to worship. We know that we are here to worship the Father. But I don't know how to do that one. How can I enter? Then Jesus is saying, you are justified. You are completely clean. I died for your sin. You have total access to, to the God's presence. Really? Yes, thank you, God. Let me go to God's presence. Let me worship. Oopsie, I don't know what to do now. Okay, so then Holy Spirit is hearing. You can sing. You can praise. You can read some of the scriptures. You can, you can praise whatever you are. You're free in the presence of God. The, the Spirit will enable us to worship God, you know. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit working in us to praise God. That will liberate us to praise God. If whether it's the daytime, whether it's the nighttime, whether we are driving car, whether we are cooking, whether we are changing nappy. Oh, that's not praise the Lord there. Okay, whether we are, uh, whether we are doing any situation in the midst of persecution, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of uh, trouble sometimes, in the times of good season, bad seasons, in the times when we are in chain, like uh, Paul said, in, when he was in prison, prison, he said, rejoice in the Lord. How was he able to do that? That was the work of the Holy Spirit. So in New Testament, now, we've got a great privilege. There is no pressure of performance. We can be who we are and praise God. No need of special garment. Recently, uh, I was inviting one of uh, our, our, our German friend. She's a student here. I hope she's not here. Yeah, so, um, so she said, do you want to come to a church? She said, oh, I didn't bring any special dress. That was the first response. That now it's all right. Even some of our uh, elders preach w- uh, uh, with their shorts. You know that's fine. You know, so we we uh, we, we we are quite uh, free. The mainly we are concerned about uh, uh, you know just your heart and uh, and this is people have an expectation when you go to God's presence. You need to do special dress. Culturally, it's different. It's different. You know, so uh, in an Indian context, when you go to church. Uh, uh, it's, it's a different context, or, or, or in African context, it's different. It's a culturally different, you know. So people are going to see a special person, they do wear special clothes. That's the cultural thing. So when it's coming to here, I can be who I am in the presence of God. So it's a two different aspect. God is fine with that. Sometimes we are not fine with that. That's the problem. It's a privilege and grace to be in the presence of God. And the fourth one I just mentioned, the Trinitarian aspect, we can uh, worship God in truth and in spirit. And another aspect is there coming. Why we are praising that of verse 6. The Lord does whatever 
pleases him in heavens in the heavens and on the earth in the seas and all their depths let's read that together the lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth in the seas and all their depths he will do whatever he wants he's god he's not a dictator type of god is because not just misusing his authority i'm god i will do whatever you whatever i want you shut up now that's not the attitude from god when he does something is perfect when he creates something that's absolutely brilliant the way god moves and does things even though we may not understand he never ever make any mistake james chapter 1 verse 17 says you know just like in in malayalam i love that one when i was reading in english mm, it's all right but in malayalam in my language he says god won't change according to the weather <laughs> i said oh, i love it you know especially when i'm in england you know that make more sense God won't change according to that this morning I was like wow that's brilliant I do get people really grumpy when there is sunshine when it's rain people are grumpy when it's snow people are grumpy when there is a, a wind people are grumpy is a uh, grumpy grumpiness everywhere but God is not like that our God is not a grumpy God he delights in whatever he does because it's perfect when british backups comes you know just like when things go wrong people will be, no the camera will go there god is not a british backup conductor he's not scared to do some baking whatever he does is perfect when you are in god you can have the security I'm in God. I'm totally fully secure because God is perfect. My perfection doesn't matter because he is the one making me perfect. He is the one leading me into the living water. He is the one giving me life. His his spirit is the one enabling me to worship, you know. So I'm not trying to attain a certain level of standard, but I'm just being God's presence knowing that he is good, he is perfect. Hallelujah. Hannah 37 verse 67 tremendous verse. Our even our salvation hangs on that verse maybe there are, there must be some other scriptures people are saying what does that mean lord does whatever pleases him that includes sending his son to die in my place <laughs> that includes jesus perfect death and resurrection that includes not just the death. if 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 i'm just believing if jesus came to the earth just to died on the cross he could have just arrived on friday bang i'm god son of god i'm going to die i'm going to sort you out 1 2 3 third day bang gone <laughs> 
Jesus didn't do that. He came as a baby. He lived. Why? If our resurrection, if our, if our eternity was just on the basis of Jesus' death, there was no need of Jesus coming as a baby and living a life. There was no need of that one. So through that, what will happen? We will be sinless or like a, there's no condemnation. There's no kind of, uh, uh, we, we will be free from sin. But why Jesus came as a baby, you know, so like the, the, the word became flesh and lived among us. Have you read that word? He lived among us. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, the Holy Spirit anointed him and he did good things. There are many places he said he was compassionate. He tempted in every way, but he didn't do any sin. Jesus lived a perfect life. In Romans we can see he was the perfect. In 1 Corinthians chapter you know, just 13 says, he was the perfection of the law. He fulfilled the law. Oh, what does that, that mean? What does that mean? If it, was, if it was just the death, he could have come on Friday, died on the cross, rose again on Saturday, finish. Yeah. Our failure was to fulfill the law. We completely failed to fulfill the law. It's unattainable. In order to become righteous in God's presence, what do you need to do? You need to fulfill the law. For us, impossible. Because nobody is righteous in God's presence. Even if you're trying to be righteous, the sin will cripple you down. The attitude will bring you down. The thought before you do some sacrifice, everything is gone. Every good thing you do is like a corrupted, stained cross. But through Jesus, what he did, he fulfilled the law through living he attained, he, he did every, or he fulfilled every, or he, or he obeyed every law of the scripture. Bit by bit, he became, he became our righteousness. That's the way, what happened. So when Jesus was in front of God, he was not just, God was seeing, not as, just as a sacrifice or, or, or like a substitution for our sin. Actually, he was seen as a righteous person. What happened? My unrighteousness was given to him and he gave his righteousness. That bit happened before the cross through his life but fulfilling each and every Law in the scripture. He became our righteousness. When I say, Jesus, you are my righteousness. How does that possible? Because he fulfilled every law. Then the other element is there. Through his death, his resurrection, he died for my sins. Through that, I became sinless. You know, I became, you know, just like I can stand in front of God without any blemish. So, so, so through that, it's a combination of two, two things happen. So I'm, all I'm saying, 135, verse 6, the Lord does whatever he pleases. So one of his pleasure was to send his son to live in my place and to die in my place. Not just death. To live in my place and my life. Through that, he became my 
righteousness. He became my justification. He became everything. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God in heavens, he does all that he pleases. Psalm 146 verse 10, The Lord reigns forever. Your God, oh Zion, all the generation, praise the Lord because he reigns over everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 31. Let's uh, read that one. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 31. And because of him, you are in Christ who became us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. That's an epic, big scripture. I'm not going there too much. So he became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Can you see that one? So, so, so he became the wisdom of God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. So is all things happened because of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. So that's why we trust, not just relying on his death and resurrection, even we are thankful to God. Thank you for sending your son as a baby. <laughs> Thank you for enabling Jesus to live in my place so that now I can have the righteousness. That's epic. That's huge. How did that happen? The Lord does whatever he pleases. Oh, that's mercy, God. You did that. You did that for me, God. That's part of my salvation. Why God is great? He is great and he is above all gods. He's about all idols. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning from the rain, brings out the wind from his storehouses. I love that word, storehouses, you know. Go in and just open it. He got special storehouses. <laughs> he stuck down the firstborn of Egypt, firstborn of men and animal. He sent his signs and wonders into the midst of Egypt. Okay, just we go down. We don't have the time to read all of that one. Verse 13. Let's read together. Verse 13. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Is it here? No, it's coming. Okay. Okay. Verse 13 together. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Next verse. You renown, O Lord, through all generations. God, we want to praise you because there are hundreds of reasons. Then he's talking about idols. He's different from idols. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. They have mouth but cannot speak, eyes they cannot see, they have ears but not hear, not in their breath, in their, uh, there is the, nor in their breath, in their mouth. Those who make them will be like them and so will all who trust in them. So the psalm is coming to a point. God is great because he is good. 
It is pleasure. It's good to praise Him. In New Testament, we can praise Him in truth and spirit. Then we, we know that one. Our salvation. Because of His grace alone. He chose Jacob. Grace alone. He did that one. Now He's coming to a point talking about idols. Look at the idols. The making idol business and the silver and gold. But our God is not like that. And the people create and worship them. And who will trust them will be like the idols. When I was reading that, I felt it is true. Yes, God. But I was there one time. Then I was thinking, many of my friends are there now. I don't want to see them becoming like an idol. I don't want to lose them. If God's mercy rescued me, at the same time, God is asking me, pray for the harvest. Pray for salvation. Go and preach the good news. God, you saved me among that idol-worshipping people. I'm not just talking about, because I'm from India, uh, uh, there was some temple. No, I'm not talking about that. Actually, I'm from a Christian background, but I'm not talking about some idol business, literally some metal business. I'm talking about people bound, or anyone they don't know God is an idol-worshipper. Or anyone they, 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 they know God, but they place something about God is an idol. Could be Facebook. Could be Snapchat, it could be WhatsApp, it could be ex-girlfriend, could be exercise, it could be sex. Too many ex there. Anything. Recently, when I was listening to John Piper, he was saying like this: When you, when we're talking about idol worship, it's not talking about denying God. Actually, the idol worship come. You are totally agreeing with God. You are good, but I found something better than you. You are not discriminating God. You are not denying God. You, you're saying, yeah, yes, God, you are good, but I want to place something above you. Without denying you. That's the most humiliating thing you can do to God. Because he is about all names. He is about all names. He reigns forever. So when we are coming to that idle bit, let's cry for salvation for our friends. More people coming to the Alpha starts in November. Not only that, is there anything that in our heart? Let me share some of my stories. I really like to watch news. I'm not a big fan of football, you know. No. But I like to follow news. So what I do, uh, 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 so what I do usually, before going to bed, most of the time, Maybe four months back, I do watch BBC News or something. I want to know what is going around. Then I noticed that even if I didn't read in Bible, <laughs> I watch news. Even if I spend time with God, I will make sure that I do that one. 
I kept my smartphone next to me, so there was an app there. You can see, oh, what's going on? Hmm. Oh, that, that's happening. It's one morning, you know, just when I was praying, you know. So, God was saying, I'm not condemning you, I'm not criticizing you, but you got more interest in some other things. You know what is actually going on there without understanding my heart. Then I thought, that become an idol. I deleted that app. <laughs> I deleted a couple of apps from my phone. I don't keep my phone next to my bed now. Last one month, I decided to wake up in the morning, six o'clock. Managed to do maybe most of the time. Getting up in the morning and praying and seeking God. It was not easy. I'm not a morning person. Because there is a point I understood, my goodness, I'm delighted, excited to look at this news. I'm excited to hear what is going on. I'm excited to, to longing for what is actually happening in Kerala, the political situation. When I'm completely ignoring, when I'm completely walking away from God, I do preach, I do teach, I do travel. I know I'm a Christian, but I felt that's not good. That was a humiliating thing for God from me. I didn't say that God, I didn't challenge the existence of God. Still I sang and praised. But my craving and the desire for something was greater than seeking God. Thank God. God rescued me from that. Or rescuing me is unprocessed. <laughs> it was dangerous. It can easily come into our life. Let's pray for salvation. We don't want our friends becoming like idols. We don't want any idols into our life either. In Romans 1, chapter 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature. Could be anything. You can put the creature bit, app, game, football, anything. Anything that is created rather than the creator. There is no, there is no wrath for the children of God. As we are children... We don't have any wrath now because we are, the, the reason, because we, we turned away from idols and we are raised with Christ. That's the security we have. But when we know that, let's seeking God be our pleasure and privilege rather than a pressure. I want to follow you, God. When I'm preaching this time, you know, you're thinking, yes, some of the things I need to deal with. I have some friends out there. They are worshippers of idols. Lord, would you save them like you save me? At the same time, God, after knowing you, I don't want to place anything above you, God, because you reign. 
You are supreme. You are God. You are the most satisfying thing I can ever have in my life. You are the you are everything. The reason I'm living, the reason I'm the, the, the reason I'm doing everything is because of your grace. So God give me the grace, the work of the Holy Spirit in me so that I can walk in the truth, knowing that nothing above than your presence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. The psalm is encouraging. Praise the Lord, all the servants of the Lord. We just heard there are millions of reasons to praise you, God, but we just go through maybe three or four. This morning, we want to praise you, God, because you, the Lord, does whatever pleases him. In that pressure, you save me, God. Thank you for saving me, God. But I want to walk in that freedom. And I want to see many of my friends coming to that freedom. Lord, come and rescue me in the areas I completely forgot your presence and gone for something else above you, God. Would you please do your greater work? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship.